Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. In this episode, L'Oreal Torres, Chief People Officer at Vested, talks about the benefit of conscious inclusion training in the workplace. Welcome, L'Oreal. Well, thank you so much for having me. L'Oreal Torres is Chief People Officer at Vested, an award-winning communications firm that is leading the charge on implementing conscious inclusion training for Vested staff. Prior to joining Vested, L'Oreal worked at Vision 7 International, supporting people and operationals initiatives for several of their U.S. brands, including Citizen Relations, The Narrative Group, and Jungle New York. Now, workplace bias can come in many forms, including systemic forms of bias that limit an organization's productivity, but also its growth. So consider, for example, the expectation bias among seasoned professionals who think that anyone looking for a job should have a bachelor's degree. How can we solve this bias? And that's where, according to L'Oreal Torres, conscious inclusion training comes in. L'Oreal, can you define conscious inclusion training? Conscious inclusion training is about creating a space where people become aware of their biases because biases not only include diversity and ethnicity, but it includes exactly what you mentioned, limiting candidates because they don't have the right degree or bachelor's degree because that's been the norm. When in all reality, they can have all of the right necessary skills to do a job, but because that is our societal norm, we are not conscious that we are literally eliminating an entire group of candidates or people who can be super beneficial to an agency. How did the term come about, conscious inclusion training? I didn't create the term. I actually learned about this term in early 2018 from a wonderful group called Involve. They are a company that does diversity training and inclusion training. And once I learned about the training, the term conscious inclusion, it changed my whole perspective on things. It was really about being conscious of our biases and how do we unlearn those things so that we can become a more inclusive community. So what does conscious inclusion training solve that other training programs provided by HR professionals do not solve? It creates an opportunity where we can talk about our biases in a way that it eliminates these really stiff boxes of only thinking about conscious inclusion, because people think about inclusion and go only to diversity of racial ethnicity. But really, we're talking about all of our societal biases. And it solves the comfort zone area, right? It, we bring in a third party provider who walks us through questions and gives us an equal playing ground. One example, a bespoke question we created was, there is a pilot on a plane. You're saying hi as you board the plane. What does the pilot look like? 90% of our team answered white male. And it's simply because as a society, most pilots are white males. And this is a bias that we have because of a societal norm. And during our training, we basically ask lots of questions like that. So it creates an equal playing field for all of our employees to think about what biases may I have 
that have just been part of our societal norm or my childhood upbringing that may be impacting how I interact with people, who we hire, who we interview, who we recommend for different things. The idea is that it creates a safe space dialogue where everyone is on the same page. So what does the training consist of in concrete terms? Is it online? Is it in person? How long does it take, et cetera? Our training, and it's the first step training in my opinion, it's an hour and a half. It's all virtual because we wanted it to be very inclusive to include our entire organization. And we have people who are based across the U.S., Toronto and the U.K. And what we do is we break it up to first identify what's the baseline knowledge of our employees, what language they have to understand and learn before we jump into the training program. And we walk through the basics of what does bias mean and the different types of bias. And then we jump into examples of how our bias can be impacted from just our everyday life and understanding. So it's very interactive after the first 30 minutes, I would say. The remaining hour is conversational and it's interactive and we encourage our employees to ask questions and you can ask questions anonymously. So we use Zoom as a function because you can send the question to just the guest speaker so that they can address it without maybe having to be called out if you're uncomfortable asking a question to the whole group. And we found that that way it's not recorded, but it allows people to be more open and honest about things that they're not sure of or biases that they have they want to work to unlearn. What is the typical group size? You say you do those trainings on Zoom. We aim to do no more than 20 employees. It works out in a way where 20 is just comfortable enough where you don't feel like people are going to identify you. But also, if you are comfortable talking to a group of people, 20 is a safe number of people. Anything more than that, we find that it drops off in participation. And so 20 has been our kind of golden number. Are there any tangible results that you can share about the effectiveness of the conscious inclusion training? The first thing is that it opened up our staff to have those conversations that often seemed taboo in corporate America. One tangible result was we've actually added pronouns to our onboarding documents so employees can identify themselves on day one because what we realize is we were assuming what pronoun they wanted to be called she her him and that's unfair because we're automatically putting our normal biases right something that we just think it's normal and instead we wanted to turn around and say what do you want to be identified as and that's something that came up through these conversations And our employees now have put their preferred pronouns on email signatures and so many other things. So it opens up the conversation for people. So it's more of a norm for us to say, hey, what would you like to be called? The other thing is that we've changed our interview questions to really focus on what skills make a great vested edition. And that helps us to identify what great quality candidates, instead of just looking for someone who's had PR agency experience or marketing experience, we really look at who would be a great addition to our team, both culturally, but maybe bring a different skill set. And it's allowed us to continue to expand and diversify all of our employees at Vested. Do you find that some of the participants in the training show some resistance at some point? resistance about because they might be white or might be males? I think that we didn't experience resistance per se, but a lot of questions and quite a number of people I saw kind of light up the private channel because they weren't comfortable 
speaking out about maybe some of their questions as an example. And I think that it allowed them to understand where different people within the organization were coming from in a safe way. And so that was really important to us. And the great part is we did a follow-up survey after. And I think the people I saw who maybe were having a lot of questions or had some hesitations going in actually requested some additional small group training. And so that's something that's come out of that. It's that they have an interest to learn more. They're just not quite sure where to start. So how can HR professionals implement conscious inclusion training in their organizations? In my opinion, the first thing is you need to do a baseline survey. Understand where your team members are coming from. Have they ever had bias training? Have they had unconscious bias training? Do they even know what unconscious bias and inclusion mean? Get a baseline understanding of your staff. And then from there, I think you need to find a good partner. I firmly believe that organizations thrive really well when they find a partner who's an expert. And when employees feel like there's a safe third party that they can talk to and ask the questions that maybe are a little uncomfortable to ask. And then I think from there, you follow up additional training as needed. And I think when you tie all of those things together, you go in and have a more informed team, your training is more bespoke and really tailored to your organization, your organization needs and the people within your agency or corporation. And then you have to follow up with that because I think conscious inclusion or bias training is not something that happens when it's done. The idea of conscious inclusion training is that it's something that arms you with tools, but we have to continually practice it in our life. And I think the best way to put practice is by continually having conversations because there are going to be situations that you don't get to address in the first training that you might want to continue to evolve and develop over time so that people can put those things into practice. At the beginning, you gave the example of the pilots, the pilot being a typical guest would be a white male. Is that part of the questions you ask at the beginning of the training, for example? It is. We do a Zoom questionnaire and we ask people to fill it out. So they go in and they start to think about all of these things right at the forefront. And then when we go through and tell them the actual scenarios, sometimes they're correct, sometimes they're not. But the idea is that it gives everyone the same baseline of how we think. Because oftentimes, like I said, 90% of our staff all thought he was a white male. And it happened to be a woman. And so it really shows how something as easy as everyday societal norms can impact our bias on how we reflect and assume someone is supposed to look like, which can therefore impact how you work with someone and how you interact with someone because you're putting all of these assumptions onto this person before physically seeing them or meeting them or talking with them. Thank you, L'Oreal, for your insights on the benefits of conscious inclusion training in the workplace. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.